Project A Podcast. Thank you for listening in and welcome everyone to another episode of the Project A Podcast. My name is Simon and since this is the first time I have the pleasure of hosting this podcast, please let me quickly introduce myself. I'm Project A's Chief Brand Officer and together with my team, we help our portfolio companies to build up and to scale their brands. And this is exactly what today's episode of the Project A podcast is all about, startups and brands. And this topic I'd like to discuss with Jonas Bailey, who is our guest today. Thank you, Jonas, for having accepted our invitation and joining me today. It's really great having you. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. So you, Jonas, you, has been, you have been working for your whole professional career as strategist and account man in different leading advertising agencies. And since 2018, Jonas is Managing Director of Jung von Marthavel here in Berlin. And there, Jonas is not only leading national and international clients across different industries. No, besides that, Jung von Marthavel is also working closely with a bunch of startups. What makes you, Jonas, the ideal guest to speak about startups and brands? And even if I don't think so, maybe there are one or two listeners out there who do not know Jung von Matt yet. So uh, can you please quickly tell them who or what Jung von Matt is and what you are doing? Yes, of course. Um, Jung von Matt is uh, the most discussed, uh, the most famous and, and maybe also the most successful agency in the German-speaking region and uh, belongs to the world's uh, best independent agencies. So we have offices around Europe and Asia. And um, I would say the agency is best known for big ideas that have uh, often become uh, uh, pop culture within the last almost 30 years now. So um, wh wh what we stand for is creative excellence and extraordinary ideas. So. Um, Ideas that, that work like a Trojan horse, how we say it, um, which is our logo, by the way, a Trojan horse. So what does that mean? It means ideas that, that are so inviting and interesting that you willingly let them in. And our promise is that these Trojan horses create momentum. And uh, momentum describes the, the exceptional effectiveness of a brand and uh, is, is the contribution of a brand to, to companies' success. So um, momentum could, could be a reach that goes beyond the media budget used or a higher shift in the image of a brand than, than predicted uh, or um, an outperformance of performance activities, to, talking about um, startups' favorite weapon. So... We try to create an effect for a brand that goes beyond the ordinary. And yeah, that's what we do in a, in a nutshell. Okay, it sounds very, very compelling. Thank you very much for introducing us to Young von Matt. So, uh, but before really dive deep into this topic of branding and startups, I would like to cover quickly another very uh, actual topic. So we record this podcast remotely on the verge of Christmas. Of course, we record it remotely because of the, the entire country, as many countries, 
uh, as well. Uh, the entire country, entire Germany is currently uh, in a uh, strict lockdown again. And I think we have been asking this question to all our guests in the Project A podcast this year, so because we're interested in. So to what extent does Corona affect your industry? How are advertising agencies in general and Jungformat in particular coping with the pandemic? Um, I would lie if I would say that it doesn't affect us heavily um, because I think um, part of, of advertising is to create a, a creative culture and a creative culture is about bringing people together um, in the same room working on, uh, on, 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 on shared problems. And um, having people sitting uh, in front of their desk, of course, doesn't help that culture. So in the end, the most um, important thing for us is, is, um, yeah, is to generate rituals or shared rituals um, which help us to, um, to create that or to, 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 yeah, to, to still have that, that creative culture. So I think this is the most, the, the, the heaviest effect which, which I see. And this is um, something which we, are, um, which we are trying to solve every day. Okay, so you are facing more or less the same challenges as a lot of other agencies uh, do currently and also as we at Project A are currently facing these challenges and coping with the situation. Uh, but as I already said at the very beginning of this podcast, we didn't invite you today to speak about the pandemic and how to cope with the pandemic. This would most probably be a podcast episode on its own. No, there is another reason why we invited you to today's podcast. And just a few weeks ago, you and your team, you published the Jung von Matt Startup Report, where I had the honor to be one of the experts you talked to in the framework of the study. So can you please tell us uh, what kind of study or report you have conducted? To whom did you talk and what exactly is the Jung von Matt Startup Report? Yeah, the, basically the startup report is an attempt to get startups and agencies to talk to each other and to recognize the, the value we can give to each other. You know, um, at the moment it's a bit like this. Theoretically, agencies should have found the perfect customers and startups because here um, bold uh, business models and and not to, to forget the desire for a quick PR response, meet bold ideas. But in, instead of making a dream couple, the relationship status is, in fact, is complicated. And for us, agencies working for startups often hardly covers costs and mostly requires an, an intensive support, which is understandable because uh, founders are, are much more involved than any marketing manager of a big company. It's, it's, it's their one shot. And at the same time, we as agencies um, cannot convince. So, so startups show us uh, the mirror of our weakness. We are too expensive, too slow, not willing to learn enough. And paradoxically, um, startups would be well advised to invest in their brand earlier. So um, that's what we wanted to investigate and, and did that in, in, in 14 interviews. We spoke to, to founders, to marketing managers and venture capital funds and um, yeah, tried to find out 
the starting points for a better partnership or at least a, a more open conversation. And um, the results show that agencies and startups could give each other a lot more if we start talking to each other and if we start to be more open to each other. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think the results that came out of this uh, Jungfernmatt startup reports are really relevant and interesting. And if our listener wants to have a look uh, at the startup report, where can they where can they get it? You can go to uh, yeah, you can go to jbm.de or .com and then check um, under opinions. Check the startup report. Okay, I re if you are interested in startups and branding, I can really recommend to download the report and to have a look at it. So, but when you, Jonas, think of the outcome of the survey, what was the one result that surprised you most? Mm, it's, it's a good question. I mean, there was nothing which totally surprised us. Um, it, it was rather a confirmation of our assumptions, but it's maybe two things that became uh, or that are particularly obvious or became particularly clear. Um, And the first is that we agencies need to adjust the way we work with startups. Um, we need to think in smaller stuffing, in, in closer connection and, and collaboration. Uh, you know, we, we, we are used to lock ourselves in with a, with a briefing for two weeks and then return for a presentation. And that's not the way. So processes need to be more collaborative. And What becomes very clear is that agencies in, in many aspects have forgotten how to, to be or to act like, like a learning organization. So founders today are, um, are in, in, in the process of creating the blueprint for the future. So here we will most probably see how we will work together in the future. Fact. Yeah, fact is startups will, will shape the work culture of future and they also shape how agencies will be seen in the future. And I think it's our duty to, to question ourselves. So this is so on, 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 the, on the agency side. And on the other hand, um, startups haven't fully discovered the actual value of a brand. All do performance and focus very strongly on, um, on uh, customer acquisition costs Which is, which is understandable, of course, but in the end, performance uh, will reach a marginal benefit and you will not be able to optimize towards infinity. So in a world of performance-based budgets where, where everyone is doing the same, the promise to, to, to become more independent of Google and Facebook um, yeah, should be priceless. Uh, in, in, in the sense of if everyone zigs, zag, in, in investing in a brand can can give a big advantage, I think. So it's, it's not that one finding, but that's maybe the most important, important things. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. So uh, we all experienced this year, I think you as being uh, the managing director of an advertising agency, even more than we at Project A, but we all experienced that a lot of brand projects were postponed due to the pandemic. So they said, hey, okay, during the pandemic, we don't do that much in branding and we will postpone it to the time where the pandemic is over. So you conducted this survey in the middle of the pandemic. 
So how was the mood among the founders and the investors you talked to? Mm. Mm, I think um, the feelings were mixed. And so we interviewed them at a time of uncertainty um, when, when no vaccine was in sight. And um, of course, there was a general fear and many founders had uh, serious um, struggles with the pandemic and, and some told us that they had close to zero revenue at the time and, and were really concerned about their runway. Others um, had supply chain problems and, and feared the delay of, of product launches. But, but there were also some of the founders who saw um, a big opportunity for 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 renewal so to to rethink processes to re redesign products or or even reshape or sharpen their brand obviously i mean this was more than in internal internal things and not um, consumer facing mostly okay yeah what you describe is more or less the same as we have been experiencing in the last months when talking to the founders in our portfolio but now after having touched the uh, topic of the pandemic twice, I'd really like to focus on the real topic of today's podcast, startup and brands. So to be honest to ourselves, and we all know it, that especially compared, compared to the US or the UK, brand is not really a topping, topic ranking high on the founders priority list here in Germany. So many of the local startup ecosystem or many of the people being in the local uh, startup ecosystem, they think that Zalando, Flixbus or N26 are strong brands because they are successful businesses. We here at Project A, we think it's rather the other way around. They became incredibly successful because they were brand conscious from the very beginning and started to invest in their brand at an early stage already. So you already mentioned the example. It was Jung von Matt, your agency, who created the famous Schrei vor Glück TV commercial for Zalando. I think it was around about 10 years ago. And I think we would all agree that it was mainly this TV ad campaign that made Zalando known to a wider audience in Germany and beyond. So anyhow, do you have an explanation, maybe a result of your report, why most startups, especially in Germany, are still rather hesitant when it comes to brand and branding? To be honest, I don't have a fully informed answer here, but um, what's obvious to me is that in America and the UK, marketers are traditionally more courageous. Um, they, they, they think bigger, they invest more when it comes to brands. And, and in the U.S., startups are often funded uh, with a lot more money. So the, the VC pots are just a lot bigger. So I would now speculate that this is why branding can already be included in, in the earlier funding rounds. So, so um, for, for, for Germany, this would mean if your resources are very limited, you, you first do everything that, that measurably con contributes to your success. Understandable. But again... Um, many many startups are too focused on, on, on lower funnel communication and on optimizing um, their marketing budgets, which is not enough from my perspective. But um, you, as as working directly with startups, what do you? How do you see this? 
Yeah, I, I would say that the reasons you just mentioned, they are, of course, true. And these are important uh, reasons why companies here in Germany are rather hesitant or startups are rather hesitant when it comes to branding compared to the startups in the US or in the UK. And uh, what we experience, at least in our portfolio, there is, for us, there is another reason as well. So if you if we compare... Uh, the people who found startups, we see uh, differences between uh, founding teams in Germany and, for example, in the US. So often in the US, you have people with a creative, with a design or a brand background that are members of the founding teams or members of the management teams of the startups. And whereas here in Germany, I would say most founders, especially in the field where we as Project A uh, are investing, so in the in the digital space, let's call it like this. So here, most of the founders, they do have either a technical background, so they are software engineers or computer scientists, or they do have a very business-focused background coming from business school, trusting in data and figures and focusing rather on the on the quantitative part of business administration than, for example, the creative one. So, and this could be a difference as well, since then in the US you have people who bring the topic of brand on the plate and they are responsible for this topic, whereas here in Germany uh, most founders are not branding people and therefore they, not put, they do not put the, the topic of brand on their agenda. This could be another reason as well. As well. So, but in general, according to your own experience at Jung von Matt and the results of the report, why do you think should startups invest in branding at all? So where does it make sense to invest in a brand maybe uh, already early stage? Um, yeah, that's an important question. Um, I think most importantly, it's, it's not enough to see brand as a potentially nice thing. But to, um, or you have to discover the actual value of it. For me, um, the strongest reason to invest in a brand is certainly to become independent, um, independent of continuously in investing in, in performance leads. Um, Toan, a colleague of mine, just recently called that algorithm autonomy. And I, I think this hits the bullseye. And yeah, as I said before, in a, in a world of performance budgets, the promise to become independent from Google, et cetera, should be worth gold um, um, because strong brands will always generate a pull, pull effect. So nevertheless, the, the usual startup behavior relies on, on buying performance leads. And as, you soon, as soon as you, as you stop buying, the traffic decreases to what your brand is able to, to deliver and of course, that might not be a lot in the beginning, but it's worth actual money. And then a branding always means a competitive advantage. So a strong brand will give a competitive or an advantage wherever products quality is basically equal. Equal Wherever you, you have equality of arms, the, the stronger brand will always win. And... Um, I think even if your product defines a new segment, if it's good, of course, there will be clones. So wherever there are other solutions in the same price range, um, your brand will drive prefer preference because people, yeah, people always buy what they feel themselves the most. And branding is about making people feel something. So 
Um, and another reason is the force of attraction. I think branding create attraction or creates attraction in, in many ways. It makes a great story out of a good one and people like great stories. It, it, it makes or it will make complex products um, emotionally more accessible, I think. And also, if you have a strong vision as a brand, um, it will easier for you um, to follow for talents, for example. And, and of course, customers can build trust faster and easier, which, um, which then links back to the aspect of feeling. Yeah. But w what do you think about that? Why should startups invest in their brand? I think you mentioned the most important point and maybe we have to be aware that uh, the situation changed. I mean, let's say a few years ago, maybe five to ten years ago, the, usually the situation was to follow. There was one startup who uh, wanted to disrupt the market. So there was, a, there was a market with a lot of incumbent industries and then there was one startup entering this market And of course, this was then the challenger brand aiming to disrupt the whole industry. And this was, of course, then uh, the, the core of their brand positioning. But in the last, uh, let's say, years, we often saw the situation that a startup enters the market and is not only competing against, against incumbent companies, but also against other startups. If you think, for example, of micromobility, there, Woi, one of our venture companies, They are competing against other startups like Tier, Lime and Bird. And there again, branding is important because then you, the brand, uh, it, it will be at the end of the day, the brand that makes the difference between the offer. Because to be honest, the, the services, the products of this micro mobility suppliers are more or less interchangeable. So here the, the, it's important because the brand will make at the end of the day the difference and will deliver the reason why people are choosing one brand over the other. And beyond that, having a strong brand also uh, serves as kind of a market entry barrier. So if you are a startup entering a market and you, you manage to build a strong brand, then other people maybe will think twice if they will enter the market as well because they know that they do not only have to deliver a product, but also building a brand. And then maybe there is another reason as well, because or why uh, startups should invest in branding at all. And this is uh, not all, but a lot of startups out there, they are aiming to, to build the startup, to scale the startup, and then further down the lane to sell the startup, to do the exit. And there it can, uh, uh, yeah, it can be, it's, 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 uh, Yeah, there a brand can help because if you invest in branding from the early beginning, then you will invest in something that has a value. So the brand equity and at the end of the day, when the moment comes, when you sell the company, you also sell the brand and uh, hopefully the uh, buyer will then also pay for the brand. So there is a financial reason why it makes a lot of sense to invest in branding from the early beginning. So, but now I'd like to come to another aspect of maybe my, why branding is important for startups. So according to our own experience here at Project A, most startups, they avoid investing in branding and brand communications 
until they reach the point where spending more money in performance marketing doesn't necessarily bring more leads. You already mentioned this earlier in this podcast. So brand is seen as a, as a mean to compensate on the decreasing marginal effects of performance marketing. And this is, of course, another important reason why it makes sense for startups to invest in branding at all. And now, but some people, they argue that if you just start investing in your brand, when you reach a point where spending more money in performance marketing uh, doesn't make sense anymore. So there are a lot of people who argue that this is too late. That you should invest in your brand earlier. So what is your take on that? At what stage should startups ideally invest in branding or start investing in branding? I believe that branding should be taken to, into account from the very beginning when, when building a company. So if you do it late, you need to do it quick and extensive, which means um, higher short-term spendings for a long-term result or uh, a medium result that will punish you on the, on the long run. And in in fact, uh, in fact, brands can do it much earlier if you, for example, I think you brought that up that term or you mentioned that term, Simon, um, if you define a minimum viable brand. So it's a lean approach that, that can grow with you, that you can tweak a bit even if you, if you might need to business pivot over time, which might be the case or which is often the case. And... Yeah, I think I think branding from the very, very beginning is always mandatory if your product doesn't define a new segment. So if you, as you also just mentioned, mentioned, if you're not first in the market, if you if you don't have the killer feature, um, uh, if you already have direct competition, and I think besides besides that, there are more soft aspects why it makes sense um, because. Um, branding will make your product um, emotionally accessible and you will be more attractive for talents. And, and of course, if you know your, personal, your personality and then you can also clearly define what fits you product um, portfolio-wise and whatnot. So yes, um, um, you should invest in branding from the very beginning, um, but of course, I know that um, we as agencies need to, yeah, need to need to mirror that in the way um, we package um, we we package our 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 communication. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, it's 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 crucial to really being brand conscious from the very beginning because we have to see that you. Brand building is not only about putting your brand uh, apart from the brands of your competitors, especially uh, in early stage, it's important as well to see branding as a unifying idea that somehow unifies all the people working for the startup. So uh, there is the, the internal impact of branding, especially at the very beginning of, uh, of a startup's life is maybe more important than the external aspects but we all know that especially at the beginning we are we are facing one big challenge because in general founders and hey i'm working for an investor and investors it's it's the same 
they founders and investors, they strongly believe that only what can be measured can be managed. That's why they always want to know the exact return on their investment. So now, but we all know, you know better than I do, that when it comes to branding and advertising, it isn't that simple to measure the impact. So how do the startups you talked to in the framework of the report or the startups you're currently working with uh, at Jung von Matt, uh, how do they measure a brand's strengths and success? Um, we have heard a lot of different measure measurement methods, um, to be honest, but what most startups do is they measure their net promoter score. So, so the indicator that... Um, uh, <laughs> I don't have to explain the the indicator that that measures the the extent to which um, consumers would would recommend um, a product or service. So yeah, th th that's what what most startups do. Others um, focus on a typical research KPIs like consideration or preference preference that yeah kind of co correlate with with revenues. Um, one interesting, one very interesting approach, um, one of my colleagues who did that interview with her told me um, that came, and I found that very interesting, um, that came from Valerie Bönström. She's the founder of Vaha, um, um, this, uh, yeah, this, this mirror, um, this fitness mirror. And she told us um, that they have an Apple score in every department, which, which does not compare Vaha to Apple, but, but um, which compares the quality of, of their customer experience to Apple's customer experience. So I, um, I found that impressive. And, um, and what, what I personally find interesting, um, if, startup, if startups would measure the pull effect of their brands, which I uh, mentioned earlier. So the pull effect their, great, uh, their brand creates so if you measure, for example, traffic um, that your brand is able to deliver if you spare out media, and this would illustrate your brand value from a performance perspective, but in a new way. But this is, uh, yeah, that, that's not the, the direct answer of the question, but that I would find that interesting to think about things no, like that. Yeah. No, nevertheless, it's an interesting thought, and it's a little bit connected to measure at least at the early beginning of a startup's life cycle to measure the, the, the brand strengths with the, the, the organic search volume. So this could be, could be connected. But now I'd like to, to come to another aspect, and you mentioned it already once or twice uh, in the framework of this uh, startup, uh, of, this, uh, of this podcast episode. So in the startup report, and this is, uh, this is mainly the second part of the startup report, you write that there is a clash of cultures between startups on one side and creative agencies on the other. Can you please elaborate a little bit on that? So why is this relationship between startups and creative agencies so complicated? Yeah, I mean, one has the, has the need, the other has the skills, but they're still seems to be a lack of fit. Um, I think baseline is that agencies and startups approach the same problem, but they approach it from different sides. sides. I mean, both want success, but the startup culture is, is, is shaped by the need to be, to be profitable fast. So um, as you also mentioned earlier, for, for startups, return on invest comes first and, and 
yeah, obviously creativity is not their first answer, whereas for agencies it is. Um, and, and on the other hand, um, the agency world lacks understanding for the startup culture. And I mean, this can be seen in the lack of alternatives to, to, to elaborate branding processes um, and, and also in, in the ways of working. And yeah, as I said earlier, agencies need to adjust the way they work with startups and we need to think in, in smaller stuffing um, and, and, and in new payment models. And I think agencies have to give new answers and they can only find them by offering new services or, or new payment models. And um, of course, decision makers at startups need to be open for that. Yeah. yeah, you just said that the, the, the creative agencies has have to rethink their staffing, maybe also their pricing, because I think so from a startup's perspective, this is uh, this is really an ob uh, an obstacle. Yeah, so uh, they and therefore a lot of startups, they think that they are young and creative themselves and hence they can do the whole brand building stuff in house or maybe with the helping hand from one or two cheap freelancers. So and they, they try to save costs by doing it this way. So what do you as managing director of, let's say, the leading creative German advertising agency, uh, what do you answer to them? Why choosing a renowned advertising agency and not doing the stuff in-house with the help of a few freelancers? <laughs> yeah, I, I would answer, of course you can, but, but I don't think you should, uh, at least not the essential tasks. So I strongly believe that you cannot in-house creativity and at, at, at least not the type, type of branding or advertising creativity. You need to create a, a creative culture. And this is, um, yeah, going back to your um, initial question, um, how the pandemic affects the way we work together. So. Creative culture is the very, very core of an agency and you cannot copy this. This is, this is what every agency is based on, um, but this is not what any given startup or company is built on. So, yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's, it's very important that startup, um, startups always own their brand and that they need brand guards in their ranks. Um, But I don't think you should in-house creativity, and and one or two cheap freelancers will will also never be able to create a, a, a comparable result. They they will be soldiers. They maybe they will be good soldiers, but they will not deliver with creative culture. Yeah, I think this is definitely the case. And uh, when it comes to brand and branding, so when it comes to strategy in general, I think it's important to have kind of an outside perspective. And I think if you in-house creativity and uh, so the, the working with freelancers won't solve you this problem, but working with a renowned partner such as a creative agency can bring this outside perspective to the table, which will then be the, the uh, yeah, which will then lead to much better results. So uh, I said it uh, earlier in the podcast, so Jung von Matthavel, the, the agency you lead as a managing director, you have a focus on startups. 
So, and uh, a few weeks ago, I learned uh, from a friend of mine that one of your competitors plans to build a unit exclusively for startups as well. So do you think this kind of specialization will solve the trade-off? So the, the, the mentioned clash of cultures between agencies and startups. So could, could the specialization of the advertising agencies on startups solve the problem? Well, first of all, I would be very interested in, in, in knowing who this, uh, who, who of our I'm really uh, is I, I can't mention it, say it here in the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I don't think the answer is organizational, but rather cultural. So if we build a unit that works just like, like a traditional advertising agency, nothing is gained. Um, and as we already um, talked about, it's about mutual understanding. And, and for us agencies, it's about understanding that we're working with the champions of tomorrow and 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 that we have to develop further also in our in our self-image um yeah with with different service packages uh, uh different process designs and and payment models etc and 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 yeah and for startups it's about um finding the value of a brand but as you heard this, what's what's your take on it? Yeah, I think that uh, this specialization could really could really solve the issue and uh, overcome a little bit this clash of cultures between agencies and startups. Because I think if you have a a, a creative agency or a unit of a creative agencies that is specialized to startups, then you can could try out new ways of collaboration. For example, building joint teams, you know, doing sprints uh, where the people from the startup and the agency are working closely together. You can think of new ways of remuneration. Let's say, I don't know, creativity for equity or something like that could be an interesting thought. And I think there are other good examples, best practices in the, in the agency world where a specialization did work out. So there are a lot of successful uh, advertising agencies, for instance, specializing on the health industry, the pharma industry, which is a little bit different than the other industries, or there are also uh, best practices, good example of advertising agencies focusing exclusively on B2B, for example. So since in these cases, the, 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 the idea of building a specialized unit within an advertising agency did work, I think it could work as well uh, as far as startups are concerned. So thank you very much, Jonas, for having been my guest today. It was a nice chat. And uh, thank you very much for the talk. And thank you out there for listening in. And for all of you who want to know more about branding and startups and the difficult relationship between creative agencies on one side and startups on the other, just download the Jung von Matt Startup Report. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating. Thanks, guys.